Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 12. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've subscribed on iTunes or SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. Today, Pastor Tice is going to be joined by Hope Settle, his daughter, formerly Hope Tice. Uh, Hope has an incredible ministry of fostering children, and she's going to talk uh, today with Pastor Tice about the need, the great need that we have uh, in our country for foster families. We hope today's message is a blessing, encouragement, and challenge to you and your family. Well, welcome to Tice Talks, which is more <laughs> than a conversation. When he says that, he does not include balloons. In, in, there are in, no balloons in this Tice Talk. In uh, in our studio with us today, we have my daughter, Hope. Just me. I'm the more. Oh. I'm sorry, folks. She's she's with us this morning. She is, uh, she is a mother of three. Two of them mm-hmm. are foster children. Two of them are adopted. And two of them are adopted. Yes. They were mm-hmm. foster children, and you yep. fostered them for how long? So uh, my husband and I have been licensed foster care workers for three years. Through those three years, we have had uh, seven foster children come through our home. Um, four of those would be respite care, meaning they wouldn't be co- they wouldn't be staying for longer than three weeks. So there is um, there's categories. There's categories of, of foster of care. Foster care, yes. So we have um, so we had four of them who were respite care, and then we had one that was a long term p- placement that went back to their home, and then there was the two that we were able to adopt from that. Um, so whenever it comes to respite care, you can have a child for three weeks in your home and then not have that child for, you know, a couple more weeks. And then you can have that child back again for like three or four days. And you're just there to provide respite for their main foster child, for their main foster parent or for um, or for their transition. If they're in the in a transition where they're leaving their main foster placement to go to. Um, maybe they're going back to a biological relative house or a, an adoptive placement. You can be their transition home. Um, okay, keep it this way. So right. there are, uh, when it comes to foster care, there are different types of foster care. So like you said, there's respite care. Respite care is, um, that's for when someone says, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a foster parent, but I'm not going to um be there for long term. I'm only going to have a child for um, less than three weeks. Sometimes it can go up to a month, but you're only there. You know that this child will be leaving in the near future. Okay. So let's back up for just a little bit. Let's okay. let's talk a little bit about you and let's talk a little bit about your background. And um, um, and let's talk about about how things have developed in, in your uh, life towards foster care. First of all, again, let me introduce you. To, uh, this is my youngest daughter. Uh, we have five children, and all of them are involved in ministry. My wife and I, when we, when we, were, uh, when we came out here, we had a burden for just every kind of ministry. And we've had the privilege of watching our children uh, take different a- aspects of ministry that we wanted to be involved in and take it uh, and, and be involved in care. We wanted to be involved in foster care. We wanted to be involved. We actually thought about starting an orphanage. Uh, we actually st- thought about starting a children's home ministry. But we had to focus on those things which were primary, and we felt, first of all, we needed to start a local church. And so we started that local church. We wanted to start a school ministry. And so 20 years ago, we were able to start LBA. Uh, we wanted to start a, uh, a, we wanted to have a 
ministry for fatherless children uh, because the Bible tells us Jesus had a particular heart. Jehovah in the Old Testament had a particular heart for the fatherless. In fact, he talks about taking care of the fatherless and taking care of the widow. Uh, So we wanted to do something in that area. But again, one human being is limited, but God, uh, God in his grace allowed us to do so many different things. We wanted, to, we wanted to develop a ministry that would reach out to other pastors and minister uh, to other pastors around this country. Um, and we wanted to be able to be involved in civic, uh, in civic uh, outreaches and uh, influence our, our culture uh, through, through helping civic leaders and encouraging civic leaders. And so God has just opened doors for us in so many different ways so that we have, we have now, we're with Idea uh, Networks through Joshua, uh, we're, we're able to help pa- pastoring uh, in, in pastors all over the country. We're thrilled about that. Um, in the civic area, my son Matthew is just very, very involved in the civic arena and, and ministering to people. Uh, even today, we're, we're uh, ministering to uh, and through uh, uh, police officers' wives, and, and God's just really ministering through that, and God's allowed us to, to d- do some great things there. Uh, one of the areas, uh, our children's ministry, we're able to see so much done through our children's ministry, through our oldest daughter, uh, and, and today, uh, with, with hope, we've been able to see our dream of reaching into the fatherless community being fulfilled through her life. And, uh, and and what a great ministry uh, to know that I didn't I didn't realize there were seven did you say seven different children that have been through her her home that she's ministering to now you were married uh, was it four years ago yes we've been married for four years we've uh, been po- foster parents for three years okay uh, uh, your husband uh, mm-hmm. Joshua is in the military mm-hmm. uh, you um, uh, graduated with a degree in teaching mm-hmm. and then went back and got a master's degree. Yes, and it was after your master's degree that you graduated, and and uh, uh, within a year after mm-hmm. graduation, you you actually taught here for a year. Yes, uh, working with children, uh, sixth graders. Yes, and that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then you 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 got married, mm-hmm. and after leaving uh, here, you went to um, Minot, North Dakota. Minot, North Dakota, and been living in Minot. Um, what gave you a particular burden for for fostering children? Why did you have, I mean, you grew up in a home. You certainly weren't fostered. Uh, and what gave you the burden for foster children? So when I was about five years old, I went upstairs to my parents' room, and I was watching TV in their room, and I believe it was CBN, that's the Christian Channel station, and the lady with the pink hair um, was on, I don't well, remember. That would be TBN. TBN. And that would have been Jan Crouch, the so purple haired lady. The purple haired lady yes. was on, was on the TV. And then she began to talk about feed the children. And then a whole bunch of episodes of feed the children came on. And I was like five and I watched that. And then at that point I came downstairs and I said, I am going to, I'm going to start an orphanage in whatever the country was. I want to say it was Botswana because that's the the word Botswana, that yeah. Botswana was always the. We actually had a missionary to Botswana. Yes, and so I would always say I'm going to, um, I am going to, um, I'm going to start a, a an orphanage in Botswana, and that was like my goal from like five to eighteen. I was going to become a missionary nurse and go start a, an orphanage in Botswana. Well. 
I went to a I went to nursing school my freshman year and I realized I hated anatomy and physiology, which who knew you had to study anatomy and physiology to be a nurse. So <laughs> um, I was also the baby of the family. So do you can't you know, fault me for not thinking everything through all the way because, you know, everybody I'm a baby. Thinking, everybody's been yes. thinking for you. Yes, I've been, yes. And if you're not thinking, you say, why aren't you thinking for I'm me? I'm the baby of the family. Take care of me. So I, um, at that point, I I switched, my, my mindset really began to switch. And I always thought, I was always felt like I was going to be called to um, orphans, I guess you would say would be the best way, in different countries. That's what I, I always loved people like Jeremy and Mandy Pittman. Um, there was um, Mike, Mike and Becky Patterson. I loved visiting their children's homes. Those were parts, huge aspects of my life that made me think, these are children that need somebody to help them. Jeremy and Mandy were, worked in an orphanage in Africa, uh, and uh, uh, now he is an associate pastor in, in Maryland. But um, uh, and then the Pattersons, we have we support a children's home uh, down in Mexico, and uh, it's uh, it's got a boys' home and a girls' home, and there's about 150 children, and we actually took you mm-hmm. and Faith on a trip down there. Yep, I went um, to the, that children's home three times. Okay, so w- one way that you can instill a burden in your in your children's heart for ministry is allowing them to take missions trips and see. Uh, see uh, the need in other places. So that's interesting to know that's, that that really added to your mm-hmm. burden. The first time I went, I was 11 and I saw the children's home. And um, then the second time, I think I was about 14 or 15. And then the third time, I think I when was, you were 14 or 15, we were thinking about leaving you there. Yes, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and then I went again, I think I was around 19 or 20. I was in a young, I was a young adult at that point. Um, so I, those were all things that really impacted my life. So whenever I would date someone, every single guy that I ever dated, I would let them know at some point in my life, I will be adopting children at some point in the life. I will have an adopted child. Now, didn't you have a lot of adopted friends too? I did. Um, there was a huge, there was a family, one of my best friends growing up, her name is Karina Webb. Actually, her name is Karina Boyd. Now she is married and she has two children of her own and Mrs. Webb was a huge influencer on my life. She had, I want to say, I don't know exactly the years that she um, fostered for, but she had over 30 children come throughout her home. And she adopted, I want to say, seven of those 30. It it might be six of those 30 children that she had come through her home. Some of them were respite care. Some of them were long-term placements that she um, that had to go to other situations. And then some of them were ones that she was able to adopt. Um, and she had, she had a huge impact on my life, seeing her ministry to the fatherless children and to, um, to the, or to not the orphans, but to the, um, foster care community. Um, a big thing with foster care is, um, most of these times. So when you go into foster care, if you're wanting to say, Hey, I have a heart for foster children. Um, we have, according to adoptus.org. There, um, which is a big government site for foster for foster care. You can go through and you can see a whole bunch of statistics about how many children are currently in foster care, um, how many children are able to be adopted right now, how many children are in long-term placements, those types of things. Um, and in that, you can see that there are over 400,000 children in foster care today. There are over 100,000 of those children that are able to be adopted right now. 
um, in that situation, there so are so there's a there's four hundred thousand one fourth of them are able are to be adoptable are adoptable so, right now. So, uh, getting back to your story, you then uh, over your, a period of life since you were five years old mm-hmm. really began to get burdened about fatherless children and caring about fatherless children, yes. and were wanting to do an orphanage, wanting to do uh, wanting to do anything you could to reach uh, fatherless children. And then made a commitment mm-hmm. uh, as as a, a young adult that I want this is what I want to be part. Of, this is I want this part of my life. And if you're if I'm if whoever you were even going to marry, you wanted to make sure that they were interested in in adopting. So mm-hmm. I know that so that when you and Joshua got together and then mm-hmm. got married, that you said, listen, before we have before we have. Uh, our own physical children, mm-hmm. we want to become foster parents. So for in the, like with the first six months mm-hmm. of your marriage, you decided to apply. Was it six months into your marriage? It was, yeah, about, well, around six to seven months into our marriage, I started asking the area that we were around, how long, if we applied for foster care, how long would it be um, for us to... Um, have a child in our home like how much paperwork how many home studies how many background checks all of that kind of thing are we going to have to go through before we have a child in our home many people said it could be up to two years so we were thinking oh all right you know we're six to eight months married we'll start we'll start the process right now and you know and in three years we'll have children in our home and then we'll start fostering well see i thought that when i got married to your mother I thought, okay, we're going to just have a first two years of just a honeymoon, and after two years, then we'll start having children. Yes. Uh, that didn't work for us either. It was six <laughs> months into the marriage, my wife announced to me, actually we were in a doctor's office, and the doctor announced uh, the reason she's not feeling well is because she's going to have a baby. So uh, you were six months into your marriage. You decided to start applying because you thought it was going to be two years out. Yes. And uh, at, when you started to apply, things went a lot faster than what you thought. Yes. So because Josh and I have very clear backgrounds and we had absolutely nothing on our records, there was a lot of hoops that we didn't have to go through. A clear backgrounds makes me think of acne. You didn't we any, didn't have... You didn't have acne. We No, we yeah. didn't have... Um, so we... It, so let's say if I if you, I had you have to go through a whole background check yes, of your life. If I had if I had um, some juvenile delinquent things on my record, nobody ever found out about those because yes, we kept those hidden. Yes, but if I had those on my record, then there would be things that I would have to do to prove. It wouldn't mean you can't foster. Um, it would just mean that I would need to prove that I am no. in a, in a place where I am stable now to foster children so, so if even you, even even if i've done something wrong like i stole a stop sign when i was yes 13 years old yes uh even if even if even with that so, i could still if i my life my life has been clear clean. yes if you let's say you have some um major that you did something major before you met christ mm-hmm. or maybe you did or maybe you fell away from christ but now you're doing you're doing what's right now and you have had a time period of doing what's right, you can still be a foster parent. You can't, you, you don't have to say like, well, I spent a year in jail. You know, I, how can I be a foster parent? That doesn't count you out. Um, you just have to prove that you are stable now. You're in a position now where you can be a foster parent. Okay, but your 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 situation was you were clear. So we threw, you had a total yeah, clear record. We threw through everything really fast. We went through everything really fast. And um, because of that, by the time we our first year anniversary rolled around, we ended up having three 
three children placed with us. Um, two, of the, two of those children are ones that we were able to adopt. One of those children was a long-term placement that we were able to see reunified with um, her biological family. And that was a really, um, it was, a, it was a, an experience. So let, yes. Let me, let me just place a caution here too. Mm -hmm. the, you were, so you were one year yes. married. And that is not for everybody. And, and, and yes. one year married, uh, they decided they were going to adopt and, and they called up or not foster. adopt, but foster. Uh, they called us up and asked us what we thought. And uh, my, my counsel to them was very simple that you need to understand. In fact, they called me at six months and said, we're going to make application. Mm -hmm. I said, you need to understand that you have to be, your relationship with your spouse has to be right. That there, that you, you can't let something come into your life as as noble as fostering is you don't want to bring something into your life that's going to cause damage between you and Joshua or Joshua between you and hope she's got to be your number one priority and he's got to be your number one priority and it's got to stay that way and you don't want something to come between you um, I felt that they were able to do that because they were older when they got married they weren't 21 years old when they got married they were uh, 25 and 28, something we were like 26 that. 26 and 28. 26 and 28. Uh, they had, they had significant life experience to that point, and when they got married, they knew what their direction was and what they wanted to do. And so, um, again, uh, if you're just, if you've just gotten married, you just got out of college, you're just getting married, it might not be the wisest thing to do to to enter into fostering. Um, uh, right now because fostering does have some difficulties, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yes. And so we'll talk about that in just a minute. So, uh, so they were, they were, uh, uh, they were a year into their marriage when they were, Anna, uh, they were a year into their marriage when it was, it became possible uh, for, uh, uh, for them to adopt and, or to, to foster, and these three beautiful children were brought into their home. So, so the first thing I want to make clear whenever it comes to fostering um, is the whole goal of the fostering system is reunification with the biological parents. And that's so very important. It is very because important. Because I didn't understand that. It is very important. If you're going into the fostering care system, you need to have an understanding that your goal is not to uh, here's a baby. It has no attachments. Let me take it and, and be all of its attachments forever. That is yes, forever. That is not the goal of foster care. Um, the goal of foster care. So you'll, when you go into foster care, you'll fill out all your paperwork and they will let you know that the goal of foster care is reunification with the biological family. Okay. So let me, uh, and that paperwork, uh, there's a lot of paperwork mm -hmm. and uh, how long, how many, what's the process of that paperwork? So if you, what we did is there's different places you can go. You can go through a, you can go through Catholic charities. You can go through, um, there's a, uh, you can go through um, different organizations. There's one called PATH. There's one called ASK, um, adopting, uh, adopting a special kids, um, something adopting special, adults adopting special kids. Ask is the, is the program. There's PATH, there's adult, um, there's Catholic Charities. There's a lot of different programs you could go into. And what did you do? We went right to the county. So okay. we cut out, we cut out the extra organizations. A lot of people um, like those extra organizations because there's a buffer between. It's a protection. The, there is a protection there. 
um, we didn't feel like we fully needed that extra protection for us at that point because it was just Josh and I. We didn't have the we didn't have any extra kids. We didn't have any other things. So we just went through the county, and um, and I'm glad that I went through the county because I didn't have other people that I had to work with. I only had to work with their main social worker and the main family. So when you do that, they'll tell you that um, the goal is is reunification. So the reason a child goes into foster care is because of either um, abuse, neglect, or extreme cases, the parent cannot handle the child. And that's extreme cases. Most of the time, those, the, the, when, the child, when the parent can't handle the child because of all of the needs or whatever is going on with that child, those child will end up going into um, a like medical home to help those children. Um, and there is a huge need if you have a, if you have a heart for children and you are a person who has a medical degree or knows how to take care of a child with those extreme special needs, there's a huge need for that in foster care. Hmm. Um, but the, so there's abuse, there's neglect. And a lot of times what it is, is there's, um, a young mom, maybe she's 16, 17, 18, 19 into her twenties, and she might have a horrible addiction she might have um, she might have horrible abuse that she's gone through herself, and at some point, or she could just be economically unable to take care. Yes, but I don't think the state would take them um, if they were just not able to take okay. care of them, unless the mother was saying, "Hey, I want to release yes. the child." Okay. Um, and that's that would be private adoption. That's different than foster care through the government adoption. Okay. Um, so the so these would be parents who are struggling. They have some, maybe they've abused the child in a horrible way. Maybe there has been horrible, horrible neglect. I'm not going to go into personal stories because sure. those aren't my stories to tell. Those are my kids and the, the children that I've worked with stories. Um, but there are, there are uh, every horrible imagination, uh, anything that is bad that your imagination can, can think of, these children experience, whether it's sexual abuse, whether it's starvation, whether it's complete neglect and locked in a closet, whether it's um, just screaming horrible verbal abuse all the time, um, not being bathed for months and months at a time. That's what these children are. They are the unwanted and it could not be necessarily that these children are not are unwanted. It could be that the parent is so addicted to whatever substance that they don't know how to take care of themselves or the child. Okay. So, so the, you have, so and then what happens is uh, CPS, Child Protective in, Services, separates the family. Separates the families. And then they take those families and they give the, they have the child being fostered in a foster family. And um, good foster families will make sure that child is fed, that that child's educated, that, chi that that child is taken care of, loved, and, it, and going through overcoming the obstacles that they faced and then the but these people are heroes yeah i mean you're 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 saving a child from abuse mm -hmm. you're saving a ch you're taking a child some people take teenage children who would not be able to get educated mm -hmm. would not be able to be yes. have any kind of social development and you're these i'm telling you these these people that do this you're they're heroes they they're they're rescuing a soul that is that is uh, that has and, ne neglected. and there's no hope. There yeah. is no hope for them whatsoever. But um, some of these children have have experienced such such little love that whenever they do experience love, it is so hard for them to even to accept the love that they'll push harder against it. And it's um, 
they're they're just there's a lot of extreme cases out there. Um, there's a book called The Child Called It that can tell you a lot about those types of the experience. child called it and it's uh it's by david pelzer i think is the name david Pelzer, and and he um it's his own experience of of um abuse and he overcame it and now he is a social worker and he works with um cps and what happened um there but that's a extremely good book if you're wondering what talks about um how what these children experience okay so so these children have been abused um, and they, so CPS comes in, okay, they separate so, the families, okay. the, the biological parents are then put in a situation where they're getting help. They are being told, they're t- being told, this is where you can get therapy, this is where you can get a psychological evaluation, this is where you can get um, therapy, this is where you can uh, get food, this is where you can take a shower. And again, let me CPS just... CPS works so much with these biological mothers and fathers. Sometimes government workers are... are, are treated as demon as demons and 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 negative things are said about them this is an amazing group of people who are willing to step in and aid um, uh, and help when children are in need when children are uh, are in need and they, they don't just take the children away they say to the parents we're here to help you we're here to train you to help you become what uh, become socially, these are not Christians, but they're saying, we want to help you. People ask why you think America is great. America has developed these type of institutions to help kids that are in need, to help families, so that there are parents who have been retrained through child protective services, have been retrained to help their children, to take children back and be able to raise their kids in a healthy and wholesome way. So uh, these, these government workers, we often, we often disdain bureaucrats. Uh, these government workers are, are doing their best to help children that are in need. And oftentimes Christians are involved. This is something Christians ought to think about. This may be an area where God's calling you to serve the Lord, where you can go and say, hey, you know what? Rather than criticize the, uh, the government system, maybe I should be working as a child protection services uh, 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 volunteer or mm-hmm. worker or uh, paid employee. Maybe I can, I can uh, get involved in counseling of families. Wow. What a, what a thing. Instead of, instead of cursing the darkness, these people are lighting a light. So some so. of these parents, you have to think some of these, these parents are 16, 17, 18 year old kids who they themselves had never had experienced horrible abuse themselves. Sure, And they've never so, been trained and they've never been trained. They could be 23 and they've never been trained. And now they have a five year old and they're 23 and they got pregnant when they were 16, 17 years old. And now they don't know how to treat that child. So they, their case plan could say you need to go to seven or eight parenting classes and you need to learn how to train your child, how to love your child, how to, how to get your child to be happy, how to feed your child, how to clothe your child. Isn't that amazing? They, they need to be taught how to train. Like wh- wh- you told me about one, one uh, girl who said, you know, you have to feed them every single day. Wasn't it you that told me that? I don't remember uh, that. Uh, Okay. Okay. It was. Uh, it was another another foster parent that she was that she actually had a, a parent said you have to feed them 
every single day. Like this is, these are people that are totally untrained and this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to show the love of Christ. Exactly. And there are so many successful stories of these parents who had their children taken away from from by CPS, but then they learned, they turned their life around. They went into rehab and they got off their drugs and they, you know, they got a job, they got stable and they were able to get their children back. That is the goal of foster care is to see a broken family fixed. And as Christians, when you go into foster care system, you should be thinking, this is what I'm going in for. I'm going in to be the light, to be the this the refuge for these babies until they can go back to the mommy and daddy who is who are doing what is right now there are going to be cases like with us there are going to be cases where so that's that's the first step that's the first step so so, so then if they can't get back with their family then you're looking at uh, the going from foster care to mm-hmm. possibility of adoption yes so but now so th- this first step is what we call respite care. No, no the no. first the first step is foster care. Okay, foster the care. The whole first step is foster care. That is what foster care is. Okay. When you say then once a child has once parental rights from the government has been um, terminated, terminated, once parental rights have been terminated, it takes a lot for parental rights to be terminated. It means this person has done horrible abuse to the child or this person has neglected the child in in a lot of areas and, and then they won't take the and training and then they do yes they refuse to take the tra- training they refuse to get the therapy they refuse to get the help they refuse to get the uh, mental evaluations they refuse to go through the rehab they refuse all of those steps when they refuse all those steps and they're not willing to work with the helpers then at that point the judge and there's usually three or four judges that will that will go over these situations and they will determine this person has not in the in the best interest of the child it is the best interest of the child to cut off um, relationships with this person their biological family that is a heartbreaking situation you go into that courtroom and you just go away crying because it is a gut-wrenching horrible horrible experience it is not hallmark movie it is not happy it is a very sad situation but it is a situation that you are only there to help. You're there to be the person who says, I want to offer hope to these, fa- to, to these children. And then, then there are the children who are in foster care and their parental rights have already been terminated. That would be the hundred, the hundred thousand that way we're talking about that are up for adoption right now. Um, so out of the 400,000, the hundred thousand are up for adoption because the, the parental, parental rights, rights have, have been, already terminated. been terminated. Yes. And, and these, these children. So if are you go on for- like adoptus.org, um, you should be able to see even a list of names, of faces, of pictures of these children who are ready to be adopted and brought into the home. If you're wanting um, to adopt from foster care, but you're not wanting to foster to adoption, you're wanting just to go and, and do straight adoption, you would be doing something like that. A lot of those kids have experienced awful um they, they need a, a very big support system. They've experienced a lot of trauma and they need a lot of support. And if you're able to support those, those children through the rest of their life, it is, it is a huge, amazing miracle that is, um, that, that God uses. Now I know a family that I know a family that raised three boys, mm-hmm. then those boys went off and then they they were at home and they thought we, we want to help. 
and they then adopted a group of, I think, four children, mm -hmm. four girls. Um, but th their family, their children were already raised. They mm -hmm. were out of the house, and now they have these four children, which would have special needs because yes. they were they were older children. Mm -hmm. uh, would you suggest that if uh, what what are your thoughts about somebody who has a uh, has children in their home and then bringing in older uh, children with special needs? W so would you would you have some cautions about that? I look at the whole I look at the whole of foster care, and I think people need to stand up and be able to do it. But I think you also need to know your limits, and I think you also need to know um, your family and the dynamic that you are in your stage of life. So my husband and I have talked about um, uh, high needs high needs children, and he and I specifically have a heart for high needs children. But right now in our house, we have a five year old a three-year-old and a one-year-old and if we decided to bring in a high needs nine-year-old boy who has had a whole bunch of abuse and is known for maybe abusing other children it would not be the best situation f in our stage of life for that nine-year-old okay. boy so there, so there are some cautions. there are some cautions to say where are you in your stage of life now with with this family you were saying they brought in four um older children they had no other children in their home they right. were able to fully invest in those children yes I and that that's... is that is huge if you're sitting here and you're thinking you know i don't want to have any biological children of my own at all or maybe i've already had a hysterectomy i have no children i don't want you know i don't want to have children of my own there is a huge that you have the ability to say yes i can take these higher needs children who need sole focus there are um, and that's it. That's got to be your sole focus. There are a you're lot not, of. You're not a Sunday school teacher anymore. There are a lot of. And, and you're not. You're not. Yes. You're, because you these, are the parent. Th this is. It, that's what you're doing. There's a lot of cases that even the social workers will mark on their case plan that this child should not be adopted in a family with other children. This should be the only child in that family. Um, and when you look on those websites, it'll say this child should be adopted with. It, it, the way I don't remember the terminology, but it says pretty much that this child should be adopted alone. And the reason you might look at that and might think, oh, that's horrible. They should have brothers and sisters. No, that child has experienced so much pain that they need all the love and attention that they possibly can get from a mommy or from a daddy or from a mommy daddy unit. They need that 100 percent in their in their life. Um, so like you said, this is not a hallmark. moment. The, yeah, this, this is, is not a wonderful determination to sacrifice your life to in say order this to is save what we're somebody going to else's do. life. There's a, there is a movie called um, Instant Family. Now you need to watch this movie on Clearplay because there's a couple words but it's a good, if you're wanting to say what is more of a not Hallmarky type movie that explains the bads and the goods of foster care um, that would be a good movie to watch. It's not a Christian movie um, but it is a good movie. It's actually got a homosexual couple in there. Yes, it, it, too, it's, so it, it, you would want to watch it on clear play. Yeah. But it, 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 it gives you, when you, go to, when you go to your fostering classes, there will be a homosexual couple who's adopting a child also. So you have to go, you're, you're realizing this is not a Christian organization. Right. This is what we're going through. This is what we're doing. So you will be working. You might be partnered up in a class with a homosexual couple who's adopting a child, you know, and you have to learn. You have to learn grace with that. You have to show the love you're not, of Jesus through that. And, and it's important. You're not you're not accepting condoning. and yes. condoning. That's just where you have to go to reach the people. Exactly. And and you have the opportunity even to show the love of Jesus Christ to this this 
uh, immoral couple. Exactly. So you can show the love of Jesus through everything by loving them. But like you said, loving, accepting, but not condoning, not condoning sin, not accepting sin, but loving the person. Um, and it is, so it is, it's very realistic. It's not a Christian movie, but you're not going into a Christian organization and adopting children. It is eye opening. Yes. Um, so again, you want to watch it with clear play. And if I were you, I would not watch it with children around because there are words that you do not want to hear your children. You do not want your children to hear and you yourself probably don't want to hear. Um, but it is a, it, when it comes to the real is really realness of foster care. It's a very good movie that's eye-opening. So once termination right, once parental rights are terminated, at that point you can adopt. Um, the need for foster care but is that's great. Not, but then that's not even... Yes, it's, then it's, there's, it's, more, it's, there's more paperwork, more home studies, more situations at that point that you will go through. So, um, and that's all going to happen even, even up to the point of adoption. I think we had a home study like a day or two before our actual adoption. Um, and you have to be willing to allow people to come into your house. Um, you have to, if you, like my husband is military, he's also a hunter. We have to, um, abide by everything that the, the law says of where your guns are going to be, where your ammo is going to be. You will have people coming in and looking at your guns and looking at your ammo. You will just, that's what you're doing. You're going into the government and saying, this is what you are. You're not going to go into the government and be, a um anarchist and say i don't care i'm gonna have my guns wherever they are no you need to abide by the laws that are given to you and say this is what i'm going to do because this is the outcome that i want to reach i have to obey these laws to reach these people and you're not compromising your christian principles no you're not Uh, it's important that christians understand this that submission to authority is right that god's word is very very clear that the powers that be are ordained of God, and that these, when when you have these government authorities come in and tell you you need to do certain things, that this is not, this is not. They're not tramping on my Second Amendment because yeah. I am deciding to submit myself underneath them. That's exactly for an or, outcome that I am I am willing to accept. It's like Jesus being willing to go to the cross and mm-hmm. die under being in subjection to Pilate and to the Roman government. Not quite. We're not Jesus. <laughs> well, it's a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like he went and he suffered and died. He did that so that he could see us saved. The Bible tells us that he endured the cross, despising the shame uh, uh for the joy that was set before him, he died so that we could have eternal life, and uh, so we 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 give and we, as long as we're not violating Bible principles, he would not have done something immoral. As long as we're not violating Bible principles, we're not violating Bible doctrine or Bible teaching. Then what we do, we do, and what we willingly surrender, we willingly surrender, so that we can accomplish the task of reaching uh, lost people. Uh, with the gospel, and in this case, reaching young lives with the truth and bringing them up to bring glory and honor to the Lord. So I want to, I, I want to, because I, I don't want to run out of time. May but, I say one thing? The, yes. the biggest thing that with foster care is you have to realize that these are young lives. These children are 21 years or younger. They are not 21 years old. These are children they are what god would demand what god would deem as children and they're broken 
and the reason they are broken is not their fault. They have not chosen the life that they are in. They have not chosen to be abused. They have not been chosen to be five years old and addicted to methamphetamines. They are not, they have not chosen to be hurt over and over and over again in a sexual manner. Their brains might have serious damage and they might not know fully know love and it is not their choice but you have to also remember that they're children and you shouldn't be scared of them you should have a heart for them you should be looking at them and thinking this needs to be fixed and if you're in a position where you have the ability to help fix this situation in our county in our country then I think there is ways for you to fix it. There are ways that you can help. Not everyone's able to help. Not everyone is able to say, I'm going to be a foster parent. I heard this. This is a great radio talk. I'm going to be a foster parent. But there's ways that you can help. You can, you can um, go to the social, you can go to the social services office and say, hey, is there, um, I, I know that you have parenting trainings. Can I come and babysit at a parenting training? Is there something that I can, can I get my background check so I can come and I can, uh, I can babysit at this parenting training? Or you can say, um, you know, Christmas is coming up. I have a whole bunch of um, stuffed animals. Can I bring these stuffed animals to these kids who are being Christmas is one of the largest times that children are separated from their biological families, which is completely heartbreaking if you think of a six or seven-year-old who is now taken away from their parents and they're thinking, I don't know where you're going. And then a foster family thinks, oh, it's two days before Christmas. What are we going to give this kid? You know, because they're put in our, in our home and we want to show them love and they're crying and they're broken and they're seven. You know, the average age of children in foster care is eight years old. It's an eight-year-old Caucasian male. If you take all of the averages, that is the average age and, and um, gender and um, ethnicity is an eight-year-old Caucasian male. So you think of this little boy who's eight years old taken away from his mommy and daddy has horrible anger because he has no clue what's going on, you know, and things like a stuffed animal or a race car or things like that really do help them get a sense of normalcy. It really helps them in those types of situations. And you say this often happens around Christmas. It often happens around Christmas time is one of, is the, is a spike of children having to be removed because um, there's a lot of parties at Christmas time. It's a big a push for the drug industry around Christmas time, heroin, meth, um, those are alcohol, alcohol, opioids. Those are really, really big situations that take um, that tear families apart. And um, and a lot of times you think there's there's dads who think I'm a deadbeat dad. I know I'm a deadbeat dad, and they're they're sad about it. So they go and drink, which makes them even worse, you know, because they think I don't have anything to give my my kids for Christmas. So they go and drink because they feel bad that they're not giving their kids anything for Christmas, and then now their kids are taken away. But then now we're on a track in the new year to get that dad to where he needs to be, to where we can say, hey. We've taken the distraction of your kids away so that way you can focus on yourself right now and you can go into rehab and we can provide you with parenting classes and we can provide you with um, ways to learn how to get a job and how to stay faithful at your job and those types of situations. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're broken children, but they're not, they're not trash. They're not, they shouldn't be thrown away. They should be looked at with sympathy eyes. Okay, so, so, so we start off with a heart for reaching children mm-hmm. uh, and and then we we uh, say okay we're going to apply for foster care mm-hmm. that's n- normally going to take about six months mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. or it took you guys about six, six months. Six months to two years okay. would probably be about uh, And what then you're now at. you've become a foster parent. Now you have a choice to do respite care, which means I'm just going to take children while they're in need. I'm going to keep them for two or three weeks and then uh, give them back to CPS. And they're, and they're going to replace, uh, we're going to place them either someplace else or back mm-hmm. into their home. That's respite care. Yep. You'll or, have them for th- about three weeks, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Okay. And, and then respite care could sometimes turn into permanent foster care. Yeah, long-term. Uh, long-term care, And yes. so then there, there are some children who you take for long-term care. You mm-hmm. know it's not going to be for two or three weeks. You know it's going to be long-term. It could be six uh, months to two years, yes. but you're expecting them to, to go, go back. back. And then, and then there are some that you look at and you say, wow, these are, there's, there's 100,000 of them that are available mm-hmm. that you're looking at. I'm going in and I'm going to adopt these children. Mm-hmm. And with, with all of this, mm-hmm. it is, it's a matter of process and it's a matter of patience and it's a matter of persevering and continuing in the process. Now, long-term care can turn into adoptive care. Okay. So, like, um, let's say you have had a child for three years. That can turn into adoptive care once, if if that child's parental rights have been terminated and they cannot, the 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 law, the government deems that they cannot go back with any biological family members. But you should not go into long-term care thinking I am going to keep this child forever. Because that can be heartbreaking. That can be heartbreaking for you. That can be heartbreaking for the child mostly that will be heartbreaking for the child. You're an adult. If your heart breaks, get over it. You need to think about these three and five and seven year olds. Um, and that's what you need to work with. And the, when, and when they can't go to their biological family and they're staying with you, then you can adopt them and you can, that's our two that we adopted, um, came from long-term care. So we had them for about two and a half, almost three years, it was actually about two years and nine months before we were able to actually adopt them. So that's... And this was a wonderful day. Yes, it was a wonderful day. Yes, yes. Um, and so that was a long time. But we've had, we had a child for almost 20 months and we, you know, our heart wanted to adopt her. But that's not what was apparently to God. That was not what was best for her. What was best for her was to return to her biological family. And she has done well. And there was a lot of work that went into that. Um and that is that is a good situation when you see families that are broken. And that's that are, heart ripping. It is. When it you is. spend that much time with a child, it's heart ripping. Yes. I mean, I was up, I was here, and you were up in Minot, and and uh, when I found out that she was uh, leaving, then mm-hmm. I, that 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 was a that's just a heart that's heart ripping because you think oh. Um, because you know that nobody can do better for your child or for your grandchild than you, and you yes. no, you, nobody can do better. But that's whenever uh, but, you that's but, when you have to think. No, God knows what's best, and God will do better than right. you for that child. And God is going to put that child in the situation that they're supposed to be in, because that's where God wants them to and be. And during that time, you have the oppor- while you do have them, you have the opportunity to share with them the gospel. Mm-hmm. You have them the opportunity to show them the love of Jesus Christ. You have the opportunity of introducing them to God and biblical mm-hmm. values. And, um, and we're, so. foster parents aren't perfect. I don't know of any foster parent who would say, oh, I'm perfect. Foster care is hard. I want to say, I, I want to say it's about 75% of the people who apply to be foster parents within the first year of fostering stop being foster parents after their first year. So that means only 25% w- that start, go on to doing it for two, three, four, five Mrs. Webb, I I really don't know, but I want to say it was like nine or ten years. Mrs. Webb 
is a soldier for foster care. Um, and I, so yes, you have to, you have to say, you have to learn that I have to rely on God and knowing this is what is best for the kid, even though my heart says it's not and trust that and love the child until they, you cannot anymore. Yeah. Well, that has been amazing. It's uh, so, so what you gave a couple of sites, if people are interested in foster care, uh, and, uh, and adoption. So what were, what was the, uh, the website for? So there's us, there's, uh, a, adoptus.org or adoptus.org adopt us.org uh-huh. so or adopt us yes dot org yes and, and that's going to only be adoption for the united states through the foster care system okay um there are lots of sites you can go t- honestly what i did is i went to our social security office i googled what is the social security office for my city and then i w- walked up and i said so how do i become a foster parent and they took me to a lady and she was a a social worker named Jackie and Jackie sat down and she explained to me this is what's going to happen this is the stats in our in our county this is the stats in our state this is the stats in the US this is what is um the most common thing to take the par- the th- this is the most common thing that is hurting these families whatever it is for your county it could be alcohol it could be a certain type of drug it could be um poverty you know you don't know what it is until you go to your the people and they tell you so so people talk about how can I serve the Lord and what can I do in a practical way to be a help. This is one thing that you can do. It is reaching out to people who are definitely in need. And pray for them, and too. You, you can pray. Pray for these children. You can go down and you can help. If you can't foster, you can help the system. You can bring in uh, toys. Uh, you can babysit as people are taking Uh, parenting classes, and then if God leads you, you can sign up to become a foster parent. And you can do it for respite care, you can do it for long-term care, or you can start working towards adopting children yourself. God cares for the fatherless. God will protect you. You say, well, man, it sounds just like a dangerous thing. You know, anything you do for God is dangerous. You know, anything you do for the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be a difficult thing. So, We talk about, in Tice Talks, we're talking about the fact that we're applying God's Word to our life. This is, I'm so glad that Hope was able to come in today and be with us. I'm glad, so glad for all that you've shared with us. And um, I tell you what, you've stepped up. You're not just acting like a baby anymore. Uh, And uh, she is the baby of our family. We're thankful for her, thankful that you were able to come in and share your experience and share uh, some very practical tips. I wish there were balloons or clowns. Well, there's just just you and me, and that's it. The only clowns, just you and me. So we are glad glad that you came. Remember, uh, all of this is to take truth and apply it to your life. Because this is and has been Tice Talks, which is more than a conversation. But not clowns. Not clowns. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us today for Tice Talks, Episode 12, The Need for Foster 
families. Hope Suttle joined Pastor Tice today to discuss that issue, and we hope it has been a challenge and an encouragement to you. Don't forget that you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud so you never miss a single episode of Tice Talks. Our next episode, episode 13, uh, Heather Tice will be joining Pastor Tice once again, and they're going to have a conversation on how we deal with death. It is a very, uh, very tender subject, and I think it will be a blessing to you, and we hope that you will join us for that and that God will bless you and your family. Until next time, see you then.